What's up, everybody? I'm Bob Walters. This is the Locked Up Sports Weekend Wrap-Up. Welcome to the show. It was a big weekend here in sports. The Rangers got a must-needed win yesterday. The Knicks have a huge game tonight. And the NBA took center stage with some crazy performances and also spring training underway. And the new rules, the pitch clock. Do you like it? Do you hate it? We will talk about it. Welcome in, everybody. It is Monday afternoon, February 27th. We are just under a week. Well, I'm sorry. We are just over a week from the Big East tournament. We are just under two weeks from Selection Sunday. And the the weather's going to start changing. Baseball's on the TV. I got the Mets are on right now. So it's going to start getting nicer. It's all uphill from here as far as the weather goes and the year goes. I hate the winter. And thank God... The winter on you know it didn't show up this year. How great was that? I still am expecting us to get, you know, one of those two feet March snowstorms, but you know, keep your fingers crossed. Hopefully it doesn't happen. And even if it does, you know, it melts pretty quick. So uh let's get started right away. The Knicks have their biggest game in a long time at Madison Square Garden tonight. So Madison Square Garden will be the center of the basketball world, at least for tonight, as it should be. Uh, this is the probably the Knicks' biggest game since the Hawks playoff series. It's definitely the biggest game since the pandemic. The Knicks come in five straight wins, winners of seven of eight. They're seventeen and nine since December twenty eighth. They're now tied with the Nets after the Nets lost yesterday to the Hawks. And listen, the Knicks are playing as good basketball as anybody in the league right now, except for maybe you know, Milwaukee, but. They're not on the level of the Celtics yet. Listen, the Celtics are sitting in first class with the Bucks, okay, and then sitting in the in coach, but with the extra leg room is the Sixers, and then the Knicks are still in coach. But that, tonight's a big game, okay. Tonight's a uh, let's prove ourselves. Let's see how good maybe we really are. We know we're not at the Celtics level. Maybe they get. Maybe they could scrape out a win against the Celtics. But even if they can, as long as they keep it, you know, keep it close. If you're in the game in the last two minutes, I think that's a victory for the Knicks. The Knicks have not played well at home this year. Okay, they're 17 and 15 at home. They're 24 and 16 on the road, which is a weird, very weird staff for the NBA. NBA teams usually play much better at home. Much better. The Knicks, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is, but for whatever reason, do not play well at the Garden. They played well lately. Since uh, about two weeks before the All-Star break, they they played well at the Garden. But they played well everywhere since, since that time. And tonight, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have a packed house. You're going to have a lively crowd. And I get it. They're always packed houses at the Garden. But, you know, tonight, it's going to be a lively crowd. A lot of times, you know, it's just the Garden will sell out. The Knicks could win three games in a year. And the Garden will sell out all 41 games. It's, a, it's in midtown Manhattan. It's the place to be. A lot of the tickets are free, corporate, giving away, stuff like that. But tonight you're going to have a Knicks crowd. Okay? The Celtics are going to want to come in here and, you know, 
show New York and show show the Knicks exactly who they are, the best team in the NBA. That's what the Celtics are going to be in here to do. So the Knicks should get a, a big performance from from the Celtics and see what you can do. You know, have the two Villanova kids, Josh Hart, who's played great since the trade to the Knicks, Brunson, who's been who has taken over this team as his own. If they play well, if the Knicks play defense, if R.J. Barrett can give the Knicks a good game, you know, you never know. They get a little juice from the crowd, and, and maybe you get a, a big win. If they could somehow win this game, I think it'd be huge for them. I think then they'd be really on a roll. They could blow past the Nets. Right now they're tied with the Nets in fifth for fifth place. You know, if you get fourth or fifth, is it really that big of a, di- a difference? I mean, it means home home court advantage in the first round is what it means. But you, but the difference between fifth and sixth is huge, because if you if you finish in sixth, you get you know you get one of those top three teams in the first round. If you finish in fifth, you keep but what you stay away from the top three teams, and you basically give yourself a chance at a first round playoff win, which is something that we haven't had around here and the. Over a decade, you know. So the Knicks, the Knicks are are slowly, slow and steady, improving. Slow and steady. They are now a, a good team. The Knicks are a good team. They're probably they're probably one piece away. Now people are gonna you know people are gonna bitch him on Donovan Mitchell could have been the piece. Yeah, he could have been, but he didn't come here. They didn't get him. Whatever the reason, whatever it was, the Knicks are one piece away. And the Josh Hart trade has been phenomenal. Brunson has been unbelievable. And the supporting cast has been has worked so far. Thibodeau's got the team playing some defense. You know, so we'll see. We'll see if they could if they could come out tonight and at least listen, put a good product on the floor tonight. Okay, you don't have to win this game. You'd like to win this game, but you don't have to win this game. The Celtics are better. No one's arguing that the Knicks are, are in the in the same class as the Celtics because they're not. Celtics were last year two two wins away from their 18th championship. They they look to be all they look every bit the favorite to to win it this year. So you're not in that class yet, but you're a good team. You respect. You moved up from respectable to now being a good NBA team. Get in that top half of the Eastern Conference, and maybe you win a round. Maybe you win two. You know. Knicks make it to a conference final this year? How great would that be? The other team at the Garden, the Rangers. Rangers, they got a big, big win yesterday. Okay, the the Kane watch continues. The trade deadline is Sunday. There's been a couple times where they've sat players and they've said, you know, and it looked like they they were getting ready to make a deal and the the deal looked imminent and there was word coming out that they were making a deal. It hasn't gone through. I still don't think they're going to get Kane. I don't think it works with the salary cap, to be honest with you, because they can't do the trade with just the, the Rangers and the Hawks because the, the money, the, the numbers don't work. The numbers don't work. They, they wouldn't be on the Knicks have like uh, the Knicks. The Rangers have like $70,000 or $700,000 that they could spend on the cap and Kane's making 10 million. So you have to do, you have to include a third team to make the trade work. Can they find the third team? Can they put all the pieces together before Sunday? I don't know. 
Listen, Kane wants to come to the Rangers. That's no secret. He has not kept that a secret. He wants to come to the Rangers. He's got a no-trade clause. He's given them a, a list of teams. The Rangers are at the uh, first, second, and third on his list. And the Rangers could use another goal scorer. And Kane's playing some of his best hockey in a long time. But I don't know if they can make the numbers work. You know, that that's Chris Drury, and that's a, a GM question that that's, a, you know, above my pay grade in math right there. I'll tell you that much. You know, I could barely get through sequential one and two. Forget about making it the cane trade work when you're millions and millions of dollars or when it'll put you millions and millions of dollars over the salary cap. But from what I understand, they're going to need to bring a third team in. They're going to need to maneuver some things to make the trade work. I don't think it's going to happen. Now, let's say it doesn't happen. This team is still good enough to make a run and still good enough to win a Stanley Cup. What they're going to need is they're going to need Igor Shosturkin to be Igor Shosturkin. And yesterday he was better. He wasn't great yesterday. He was better. It was a huge win for the Rangers. They won 5-2 over the Kings. They got a power play goal from Zibanejad. Okay. They they killed off a five-minute major, which was big. Shesterkin looked very good in the first period. He let in, a, he let in what I would say, two soft goals. The wrist shot coming in from between the circles that went upper corner, that's got to be stopped. It went right over his blocker. And there was another one that he let in. I think it was the, the first goal was was not a very good goal. But, hey, the Rangers got five goals. They won 5-2. They just, you know, they needed to put something in the winning column after losing four in a row. They would, they would just, it was like, a, it, would, it seemed like forever since the Rangers won a game. But it was only four in a row. They're still in good position. Carolina is, you know, creeping past them. The Devils made a trade, so the, the, the Devils are in an arms race with the Rangers right now. That's why the, the whole Kane talk, the Devils are a good team. I'm done saying them. I don't believe in the Devils. I was wrong. I said it for a long time. I was wrong. They got good young talent. They're fast. They score, and they win games, and they got good goaltending. And that's the recipe to win in the playoffs. So I'm done with the, you know, Devils are a fraud because... You know, they've proven me wrong, and we'll see how they how they act in the playoffs. But they have the formula to make a deep run in the playoffs, and that's going to make it a lot of fun around here. Because Rangers, Devils, Rangers, Rangers fans hate the Devils. Me, as at the age I'm at, I hate the Devils more than I hate the Islanders. People older than me, Ranger fans older than me, older than 40-something years old, they hate the Islanders. Why? Because they lived through the dynasty. Rangers couldn't beat the Islanders while they were growing up. While I was growing up, Rangers couldn't beat the Devils. And we lived through a Devils dynasty with Marty Brodeur and Scott Stevens and that whole crew. They won multiple cups. The Rangers got through them one time, and that was 94. So me, my generation, and you know, if you're between the ages of 45 and 35, the Devils are the team you hate more than the Islanders. And the Devils are going to be good again. And the Rangers are good. And if they meet in the playoffs, it's going to be a hell of a series. So the Rangers, with the big win last night, got got back on the winning, the winning, you know, got back on the winning track. They got a big week ahead. Okay, they're off until Wednesday. They play Philadelphia. Philadelphia stinks. Okay, so they should be able to beat Philadelphia to get you two straight wins. Then you got two tough games. You got Ottawa and you got Boston. 
and Boston on Saturday in Boston. It's home, It's in Philly, home versus Ottawa in Boston. And that's, an, listen, that's going to be just like the Knicks game, another measuring stick game for the Rangers. Because Boston is, uh, Boston's flying the plane. If, if the Celtics are sitting in first class Boston, the Bruins are flying the plane. So that's what's going on there with the NHL. As far as the NBA this weekend was concerned, it was a big, it was a big weekend for the NBA. Okay, first week out of the All Star break, and you had some wild, wild things going. First, you had Dame Lillard last night, yesterday, getting seventy-one points in thirty-nine minutes. It's the highest sub-forty-minute point total in NBA history. He made 13 threes. He was 22 of 38 shooting. Listen, Dame Lillard's a great player. 71 points. They got the win. The Lakers yesterday came back from 27 points down to beat Dallas. The Lakers were, uh, the Lakers team, NBA teams were 0 and 138 going into yesterday when trailing by 27 points. They are now 1 and 138. The Lakers came all the way back. Now, is this going to turn their season around? Probably not. It might, though. They got the players, they got the talent. The Lakers are a dangerous team that's kind of floating just outside. You know, they float between just in and just out, like on the bubble of the playoffs. And if you're a team, you don't want to see the Lakers, I would say. You don't want to see the Lakers in the playoffs because LeBron James could, could go off at any moment. And basketball is the kind of sport where one player could win, could win a whole playoff series for you. And LeBron James at 37, 38 years old can still do that. He could still take over a game. He could still take over a league. He might win the MVP. You had Boston. Speaking of Boston, Boston was up three with almost no time left, a second to go, and in, against the Sixers on. I think it was Saturday. And Joel Embiid threw a 70-foot shot into the basket. And it was a wild scene. Tied the game, head into overtime. Wrong. He just didn't get it off on time. I mean, he had 70-foot shot, and it didn't go in. It didn't count because he didn't get it off on time. It rivaled the uh, the buzzer beater we saw the, <laughs> the last week with the, uh, with the NBA All-Star game. So the Celtics survived against the Sixers the other night. And then you got Dallas. Dallas, since getting Kyrie, has lost four or five. They blew, you know, they're not, they're not playing well at all. I don't know why anybody's surprised. You know, everyone's like, oh, they got the talent. They get, listen, you, got, you, you just acquired a guy who has killed every franchise he's ever played for. Yeah, he's a great talent. But Kyrie is a franchise destroyer. He's a franchise annihilator. He destroys everything he touches. And you brought him in, and you know what? I said when it happened, Mark Cuban, I don't, know, I don't feel bad for him. If you could possibly feel bad for Mark Cuban with his bank account, whatever else he's got going on. But I don't feel bad for him. That's what you get. I don't know why everybody thinks that these players are going to be different when they come to their team. Kyrie is who he is. Kyrie is who he is, like Denny Green said. They are who we thought they were. 
Kyrie is who he is. It is what it is. He's a great player. If he wants to score 40 tonight, if he wants to score 40, he'll do it. Problem is, he usually doesn't care enough. And even, I mean, they're going to be you're crazy if you think he's, if you think giving him a contract is a good idea. Any of these, any team, any NBA team. You're crazy. Uh, elsewhere, also in the NBA, uh, Nikolai Jokic, Jokic got his third 40 point triple double. Another great player. Third, three times this season, 40 points in a triple double in a win. And, you know, what can you say? It was a good weekend for the NBA. It was a very good weekend for the NBA. Uh, we also got baseball. I got the Mets on right here. Mets and Cardinals. From I guess it, I guess it's a Port St. Port St. Lucie. Um, the pitch clock. Do you love it? Do you hate it? It makes me a little anxious, to be honest with you, when I'm watching it. When I'm watching these games, the pitch clock is right behind them. Big, le- big numbers ticking down, ticking down. I get anxious watching it. I'm like, oh no, hurry up, pitch it. And people, and you can see they're starting, they're, they're, they're still learning with it. You got strikes being called. You got hitters who like to stay out of the box and wait till the pitcher gets on the rubber before they get in the box. And they're getting hit for the, the batter's getting hit for the strike because he's, he's got eight seconds to step in the box. Then you got pitchers who, there was one guy, I forget who it was, decided, you know, got on the rubber, then stepped off, decided he wanted a new ball threw it to the, the catcher, the pitch clock don't stop. So he got it back, two seconds on the pitch clock, that's it. Paul. And then, of course, there was the one that everybody has seen, by now everybody has seen it, the bases loaded, two out, tie game, 3-2 count, and a automatic strike because the, the batter didn't get in the box quick enough and it ended the game. Now that's that's not something you want to see. You don't want to see, just like you don't want to see like the Super Bowl end on that holding call, defensive holding, or a questionable call. You don't want to see any baseball game. I mean, forget about it, World Series, you know, whatever. But you don't want to see any game end on an automatic ball, on a, on a pitch clock violation. But it's not really a judgment call. It's black and white. It either is or it isn't. It's like the the play clock. And I think we'll eventually get used to it. I happen to like it. Like I said, it makes me it makes me anxious when it's right behind the plate. Big numbers just counting down. Six, five. You're like, oh, this guy's not going to get it. He's not going to make it. What is he doing? But from what I've read, it's not going to be behind the plate like that during the regular season. So I'm not sure. I'm, I imagine that the the networks and the TV will put it on, on their score bug. They'll put something with the pitch clock, just like the NFL has the, the play clock, like Fox has their thing or CBS has their thing on the score bug on the screen that will count it down. So I don't know how it's going to go with that. As far as the way the speed of the game, it's fast. 15 seconds is fast. You know what it does? It makes you realize how slow it really was. Because you see this 15 seconds, it starts when they get the ball back. When the pitcher gets the ball back from the catcher, I think when it, when it hits his glove, the clock starts. 15 seconds goes real fast. You don't have enough time to, to you know, play around. 
You get the ball, you get on the rubber, and you're going to have to throw it in. The batter doesn't have much time to step out. I like it. Uh, Max Scherzer had a 27-second three-pitch strikeout the other day. 27 seconds, whole batter, over. Three-pitch, strike one, foul ball, strike two, and then uh, looking, strike three. So I, I liked it. I think it, I think it keeps the game moving. I think it will speed up the games. Um, the bigger bases, they're not really that noticeable, to be honest with you. I'm watching the, the like I said, I was watching. I'm watching the Mets game right now. I've I've seen it now. I've seen the bases. It really doesn't make that much of a difference to me. You, you're not even going to notice the bases being bigger. I mean, I guess if you look hard, I'm looking now. It's a it's a touch bigger. But that that's not a big thing. The the no shift, I haven't really seen that implemented yet. That's something that you're not going to notice on a play to play batter to batter basis. That's something that you're going to notice like in people's batting averages. I think on a on a big scale, he hit this without the shift last year. He hit this. Oh, I'm sorry. He hit, he hit this with, with the shift the last five years. He hit this with no shift. Will it add to base hits? It probably will. I've also seen some teams that are going to go two outfielders and bring their kind of have a softball setup where they have like a floater out in short outfield. You know, he's going to have, he's not allowed on the grass, on, on the dirt, and the out, infielders are not allowed on the outfield grass to start. So that's going to, that's another rule change. So yeah, we'll see. They're still working out. The players are still getting used to it. We're only, you know, some teams have played two games. Some teams have only played one game. Some have played three. And this is the first time they've ever had to deal with something like this. For some of them, they were it was in the minors. The pitch clock was in the minors the last couple of years. So for some younger players coming up, they have dealt with this. And that's going to be an advantage for them. You know, you got the, the crusty 10-year veteran who's set in his ways. He's not. He's going to have trouble with it. The kid who's played who two years ago was in the minors. And he played with the pitch clock. He's going to be more adjusted to it, and he's going to fare better. He's going to have less violations. You know, that's just that's just the way it is. Um, I also wanted to speak a little bit about um, Alabama, Alabama basketball, and the the just the disaster that's going on there. There's a, a whole tragedy going on with Brandon Miller who's a big-time star, big-time NBA prospect. And if you haven't heard the story, the way it works is is uh, an innocent woman was killed. A mother was shot dead in Alabama, just off campus. Brandon Miller was home in his dorm room, got a phone call from his buddy to bring to, to get get over here and bring the bring my gun. Whatever's going on. Now, why he didn't say uh, what the hell's going on and hang up and not go, that's besides the point. He brought the gun to wherever the the buddy said um, it was. Darius Miles, who is also on the Alabama basketball team, got the gun from Brandon Miller, handed it to the guy who's been arrested for the murder. And there was a shooting. The girl got killed. Now, Brandon Miller has not been charged. He was a person of interest. He got questioned by police, the whole thing. He has not been charged. He's still on the basketball team. 
Darius Miles, who gave the gun to the guy who, who pulled the trigger, he's been kicked off. Now, Brandon Mills is a big star. So maybe is he getting preferential treatment? Now, I don't think he should be playing. Listen, whether he's guilty of a crime or involved in the murder, he brought, he brought a gun to a scene where a lady was killed with the exact gun that he brought. So, should he be playing? Alabama's a, got a big chance. They're a big team this year. They're going to be a, probably a one seed going into the tournament. And now this cloud is over him. Nate Oates, the coach, has just been clueless this whole time. Yesterday, or not, not yesterday, Saturday, I believe. During introductions in the Alabama game, when they introduced Mile, uh, Miller, he came out and he did this. Is you know, you know how they do the handshake or whatever. He got pat down like a like a suspect by a walk on a, a freshman walk on, acting as a police officer, patted him down. What? Like, could you be any more clueless? Could you? I mean, there's a million different. Could you be any more clueless? Even if this whole thing wasn't going on with the murder. You're still clueless doing something like that in what's going on in the country. And I get it that, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, but still, you're 18, 19, 20. You know, you know what the deal is. This whole thing has been a huge story. And he does that? That's the one they decide, well, let's go with the pat-down. What do you want to do today when I get introduced? Oh, let's go with the pat down. Good idea. What? And where the hell's the coach? Now, when the coach was asked about it, he said he was taking doing X's and O's. I'm not paying attention to the introduction of doing X's and O's. How about a little something before the game? Hey, guys, don't make an ass of yourself. Don't do anything stupid. How about saying something? Because you know what? The you-know-what rolls downhill. And, and it goes right... And it goes right to the coach. How this guy still has a job is beyond me. I mean, I guess he's making Alabama a lot of money. And Alabama don't care. We know Alabama doesn't care because we know Alabama with the football program. Okay? Alabama with their football program, they'll, you know, they'll do whatever they need to do to win the game. You know, Nick Saban's not the cleanest guy, the cleanest coach out there. But the coach has decided to play him. Now, playing him, you could say either way. You know, you could go on, you could take either side on whether he deserves to play or not. Because he hasn't been arrested. They say, the police say they're not going to arrest him. He has, he's not going to be charged with a crime. But just listen to the story. He was sitting in his dorm room, got a phone call, brought a gun somewhere. And that's somewhere where he brought the gun. Somebody was shot and killed with that gun. Seems to me like he he shouldn't be playing on the team. He's going to the NBA. I mean, maybe that's just me. I wouldn't have him playing on my team. But like I said, it's Alabama. Alabama doesn't care. You know, they're looking at it where one seed. They're not going anywhere without Miller. He's going to have, for them to go, go to a Final Four this year, he's going to have to be one of their better players. And it looks like he will play. So, you know, that, that, that's that. Um, 
As far as Aaron Rodgers goes, still no news. He's emerged from the darkness. Did he see his shadow? Is he going to go back and get scared and go back to Green Bay? Doesn't look like he saw his shadow. I don't believe he's going to Green Bay. So he came out of the darkness. It appears he did not see his shadow. So now he's going to give him a list of teams that he's willing to be traded to. Is the, are the Jets on the list? They better hope so. They better hope so because they let Carr leave. So we'll see there. Now, can they go back? They can still go back and get Carr. Carr hasn't signed anywhere. But the Jets are clearly now trying to get Aaron Rodgers, all in on Aaron Rodgers. And if Carr signs somewhere before Aaron Rodgers signs somewhere, well, then they're going to really be all in on Aaron Rodgers. And it's going to be all or nothing. So, big game tonight for the Knicks. Big one at the Garden. It's always fun to have big basketball games at Madison Square Garden. Next week, we have a big tournament at Madison Square Garden. The Big East Tournament. So, we're going to preview that on Friday. I'm going to see if I can get a guest on to talk about the Big East Tournament. Somebody from the Big East. Uh, Villanova playing a little better. But they're going to probably need to have to win this tournament if they're going to want to get in. You got UConn's probably the favorite. St. John's is, you know, down at the bottom, as always. So we'll see how that goes. That's always a very fun week. I love the Big East tournament. Rolls right into Selection Sunday. And then we start filling out brackets. And by the time the tournament's over, we have have baseball. Baseball that counts. Fast baseball games. Double headers in in an hour and a half. With... (laughs) You know, with this pitch clock and everything. So uh, we wanna, we also want to thank Steve Phillips last week for coming on. Excellent job. That was an excellent job. We've gotten great feedback. People are loving the interview. They love, the, you know, him being a guest. We got the Mike and the Mad Dog stuff out there. We got, you know, him doing the, the, the dog impression. We got a lot of good information about this year's teams, about this year's Mets team. A lot of good information about the, our Mets, uh, the Mets teams of my Days growing up, it was a lot of fun. Listen, if you told me 20 years ago, hey, listen, you're going to have 45 minutes to talk to Steve Phillips. You could ask him whatever you want. I'd be like, are you drunk? What are you, crazy? So I love it. You know I love it. I love this stuff. I still pinch myself every time one of them is going to come on. So we're working on other people. That's going to pretty much do it for us. Again, big game tonight for the Knicks. So let's uh, see what you made of. You know, go out there, you're on, you're on home court, you're going to have a big crowd, you're playing, you're playing well, you're playing against the best team in the, in the NBA right now. See what you can do. It's a measuring stick game. Rangers, big win yesterday. Three more games this week. I think they're going to be okay. Shesterkin played well, played better, not great. Okay, for the Rangers to make a run, he's got to be great. So we'll see where they go there this weekend. They got Philly, Wednesday, Thursday, Ottawa, Saturday in Boston. Got to get two out of three. Got to get two out of three. Spring training underway. Mets are on right now. Lead 4-2 if you care, which you if you shouldn't because it doesn't matter. But they do lead 4-2. And that pretty much does it. So remember, we'll be releasing our next episode of Locked Up Sports Friday. Until then, I'm Bob Walters. We leave you today with some sounds from the weekend that was in the world of sports. Such an effort tonight. 
And the crowd on their feet here on a Sunday night in Portland for Damian Lillard. Their favorite son. 113. Houston, 131 Blazers. Lillard with 71 in 39 minutes. the show make sure to let everyone know by leaving us a review on apple podcasts or on our website at lockedupsports.net remember you can also find us on your favorite social media site on twitter at locked up sports on the gram at locked underscore up underscore sports join our facebook group locked up sports or on tiktok at locked up sports show now you can catch all the latest from locked up sports anytime thanks for listening